Welcome in everyone. It is episode 65 of the 1056 podcast, the Eiffel 65 episode. Shout out to 90s nostalgia pop music, baby. Is that what that is? Pop music? That's right. That is Italian dance electronica at its finest. Any EDM fans out there yeah. who disagree yeah. can suck it. Mm-hmm. Um, this song slaps, and I give it a five out of five. Good, Jeff. Just put on put one second of that song, and just we, we don't get hit with the copyright. All right, ready? Three, two. Yep. Brilliant. Excellent. Just, we, catching everyone up. There we go. Episode sixty-five. Um, yeah, nice active week for us. Weekend week. Jesus Christ. Since our last so episode, much, so much. It stuff. was a lot. So. Uh, Jeff and I and like a million other people were at Two Roads Oktoberfest. Pretty much like, you and I and our entire audience was there. <laughs> okay, don't. I don't like how you brought us back down to earth, but kind of true. Um, yeah, there was uh, there was a lot of people there. I I walked in. I was like running late and I did the Stein holding contest like I do every year. But like you showed up 15 minutes before. That, that's how it works, man. I'm just Hollywood. That's how it works. Well, how did it work out for you? Not well. Better than I thought. Better than I thought. Mentally, physically, when I first lifted up the stein, I was like, okay, I got this. And then two and a half minute, minutes later, I was like, I do not have this. And we were hey, back to where we were. But you know what, Ty? Because you wouldn't have won anyways. Because shout out to this guy, apparently, maybe from Holland. I heard overheard someone say. I thought it was hungry. It was somewhere in Europe. Something H. He had his passport. He pulled out a passport, and I was like, "Okay, dude." He was. It was him, and he was in the final two, and him and this other guy were holding their steins, and he decided just to pick up another one. And now he's going two steins where the other guy's struggling to hold the one, and he ended up winning. Uh, That is the definition of a power move. You have the ten fifty six podcast seal approval, and. We love it. We love it, and we would love to have you on if you are listening to this. Yeah, if you somehow, like, if you know who you are and you, and you <laughs> listen to this, just DM us on Instagram at 1056PODCAST. Seamless plug. Love it. First so, DM claiming this, we'll get the interview. Yes. Debatable. Don't. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. First DM gets it. You're the guy. You're the one committing identity theft. It's on you. Uh, not a yeah, chance. so there was just like, I walked in and I was just like, oh my God, like I saw a ton of people that I haven't seen in a long time and this and that and former guests of the show, Daniel Flynn, saw Tom M, saw Lee, uh, executive producers, those those last two, in case you didn't know, uh, and, and a lot of other people. And it was just like, oh my God. Did you God. say Nick? Saw Nick, fake saw Phil fake Markowski. Markowski. We saw real Phil Markowski. I saw real Phil Murkowski. We kind of got, we kind of got like, uh, I don't even know what the word is, but he, he kind of dunked on us a little bit in his like just very dry Phil Murkowski way. I don't know if you picked up on it, Jeff. Oh, that I he was, didn't immediately recognize us? No, he rec- he recognized us right away. Cause I oh, saw yeah, him, yeah. I saw him I, the week. I, I, I had to introduce us. And he's like, oh, right, right, no, right, right. right. I, I literally, I That's saw fine. Phil. No, okay. I can tell you why. Not even like vain, like, of course you know where I am. Last weekend, I was there at Two Roads for the Closer to Free after party, and I saw him. I was like, hey, Phil, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. We had a conversation. Our eyes met. We were talking for like a minute. Sounds so beautiful. I saw him again. He knew who I was. 
All right. I didn't know. <laughs> anyway. He was overwhelmed. We also saw Cat. Shout out to Cat. Uh, yeah, helping run this thing. Uh, two roads was, this year. I was telling you my, I didn't tell my dunked on thing. Oh, sorry. Right. Get to that. So I was drinking one of the hard seltzers and I had a daybreaker in my hand. It was near the end of the night. I was like, or near the end of the day, had both. And Phil looked at me, he goes, ah, interesting. I see you're, uh, for a beer guy, you're drinking a daybreaker. And I was like, all right, well, you got me, Phil. That's Ooh. cool. I feel like when Tom M. Uh-huh. Is Fuck you, Ty. With like an IPA. <laughs> And everyone's like, you should have been drinking the stout. Like, that's what it kind of felt like. I was like, wow. But, I mean, I'm drinking his product. So, I mean, how, you know, he doesn't how bad do I feel? He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, dude, drink it. So, you know what? Whatever, dude. Maybe I'm not a beer guy. Maybe I'm just a beer and mixed cocktail and hard seltzer guy. There you go. Yeah. I, we were just saying right before we started recording that this year's Oktoberfest was the fastest Oktoberfest yes. we've ever felt ever and it wasn't any longer or shorter i mean we we got there a little later than we normally would have but not by much and it just kept moving because we kept moving they had so much cover ground covered so much going on that all the games they had the area two area open with axe throwing ty you want to tell the people what happened over there it's okay i will uh we had a bet i won in axe yeah. throwing i beat tyler with three bullseyes and I got a free beer out of it. So thank you for your uh, perceived effort, Ty. Uh, cool. Got dunked on by Phil Markowski <laughs> and my co-host just in the span of 48 hours. Love it. Uh, yeah, but it, it honestly was. It, I think the fact that they opened up Area 2 and just it was so spread out for a good good reason in multiple ways uh, was awesome. So I had a great time like I always do. It was at least 900 degrees Fahrenheit there, which it was varied. not. It was like 80 degrees. That was it, actually considerably cool. Consider what we've been through in the past. I'll give you that. It was less humid. It's not the hottest. It I've was ever nice been. out. It. I also brought water. I was really smart this time. So, I uh, your boy was using every neuron in his brain before for for coming there. So the food trucks were great. I got a pulled pork sandwich. Oh, it was um, good. And and we just a continuation of the story. We met up with uh, the family I made friends with four years ago that I am now Pickle Jeff. Shout the out to thing. all of them. Yes, <laughs> that was name awesome. them all. Uh, it was cool to see everybody again to feel, see the rest of the family. Um, some I haven't. I uh, all of them which I haven't seen in forever. Uh, that was very strange, but I yeah. loved it and I want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was and, like the Olympics. and I and I know they said that they listened to our episode, which we gave a shout out on. So maybe if you catch this one, shout out again for being so amazingly cool with a very silly night that was years ago and just being such cool sports about it. Awesome. It's like the Olympics. You guys come together every four years to. I, I don't know. I don't know where the, the end of that was going. I was going to say compete, but you guys didn't compete for anything. It's just a, I was thinking of a four year thing. Thaw the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, uh, joke. yeah, yeah. But so, anyways, <laughs> it was a good time. I'm trying to think of any other highlights. Uh, no, it honestly, just we saw uh, Justin the Drunk Alpaca. Yes, shout awesome. out. Uh, yeah, I. It was, it was, it was just, it was a wild ride. That was also the first time that we had met Lee like face to face in person before. I don't know if you knew that. Yes, I didn't know that. I said that okay. to him when I met him. Yeah, I, 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 it's weird because I have seen his face a bunch through these Zoom calls and Instagram stuff. Yeah, but it, it was the fr- he's taller than I thought he would be. 
it's but true. I guess you know I'm, I'm surrounded by tall people. I don't know why that surprises true. me, but yes. um, yeah, <laughs> my voice is still shot. We'll get into it. My voice is still shot. The night before Oktoberfest, Tyler knows this. I went and saw the Foo Fighters live at the Hartford Healthcare, a uh, Hartford Healthcare Amphitheater that used to be the Bluefish Stadium. Uh, they yeah. turned into an awesome, beautiful venue, small, intimate for in you know compared to like other stadium like venues um they have been getting a lot of really cool acts but hands down the foo fighters are the biggest they've gotten so far and probably will ever get and the only reason i say that is because of occupancy like how many people they can fill in there um you know they had kings of leon they're having three doors down they had alice cooper last night those are all big acts don't get me wrong but I don't think three doors down in Foo Fires on the same. No, uh, no, I'm not. That's what (laughs) I'm saying. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's I'm with you. You're with me. I'm saying is that the Foo Fighters were there as to what I believe was Dave Grohl had an IOU to the guy who owns the place. He he had like this thing and he opens up the place and he called in that favor. Dave apparently gave him a rain check from a past show or whatever. And Dave said, hey contact me we i owe you one because they had to cancel a show it in the past and so he called it in and he Damn. said i want the foo fighters playing at the Hartford healthcare amphitheater Wait, is this what you heard or is this what you're guessing no this is what i heard this is the, this is what the my brother told me my brother knows all about this stuff so that that's why because they wouldn't normally i mean this is not like they're a big band they could fill big stadiums and they don't need to be playing in connecticut specifically because they have new york and boston and people will just spread out that way Sure. Um, but they came, they filled the place. I had general admission tickets. I was with my brother and a bunch of friends Two of which there were also at Tuberfest. So shout out to them for also powering through to the next Everyone day. Was Everyone was there, dude. I'm telling it you. So, it was so great, but, um, they were, they were fantastic. He said he would come back. So that would be cool. Um, dude. my voice is shot because I sang every song on the top of my lungs. <laughs> they covered on saturday dude you were like it's loud at that at oktoberfest and you're just punishing your voice (laughs) for 24 hours straight man so so i'm still feeling it uh they covered somebody to love that was fun they covered the bgs because that's their thing right now and it was awesome like that that place was bumming oh what's cool i didn't i didn't you know two roads has like a thing like a like its own little space over in the amphitheater which is cool um great if you if you if you're in the area or not even not and there's a band or group or artist that's playing there that you are even somewhat interested in go for it there isn't a bad seat in the house no the only oh that's not true that's not true there is several bad seats and they're the ones on the periphery there's yeah, some on the on the far sides i saw people sitting there and all they're looking at is the columns on the side of the stage they can't even see the artist about i'm like stuff. that sucks <laughs> um but everything that's in view of the stage is close enough. Ty, you and uh, your fiance went to see Kings of Leon. You were up in yeah. the box in the suites. Yeah. yeah. And Just, you know, like you would think, more. like if you think a stadium, that would be too far or too high. But it yeah. wasn't, right? It's dead on and you feel like you're right there. I was down oh. on the floor and I was like, hmm. Yeah, mm. that venue is really cool. I really hope they get a lot of like bigger acts and whatnot. It's a live They'll nation. get big acts, but they're just not going to get things like like, let's think about the Foo Fighters contemporaries. They're probably unless unless the word gets around, Arch they're probably Band. not going to get things like the Chili Peppers because they're too big for that. Yeah. They're not going to get bands like 
Pearl Jam, which my brother went to go see the next following night in New Jersey, because they're too big for that. Um, the they, Beatles, they, they, maybe the Beatles. Like, they would never get Paul McCartney. <laughs> sir, but they got McCartney. they got Ringo Starr, I think. Right? Did they? Yeah, but he's not the same as. He, but he's fantastic. Oh, he's is he also a Paul McCartney thing, where like he was killed like years ago? And no, just, no, no, no. He's just the part. one who gave them weed. If you think if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, anyone listening, look up the whole Paul McCartney has been dead for like forty years rabbit hole because that one I started to go down. Yeah, I had to explain that to my girlfriend recently, like how just starting with the Abbey Road album cover. Oh yeah, that like that, uh, that they're they're lined up in a way that would be like a funeral procession if you were yeah. walking it. That John Lennon is in the front wearing all white, so he would kind of be like the afterlife, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> Paul's right after him wearing no shoes and smoking a cigarette, wearing like relatively uh, fancy attire, kind yeah. of loose though. Um, there's a, there, I heard a thing that in Britain, it was customary at some point to bury people without their shoes. Um, so that was like a thing that was kind of why he might be dead. And then you have George <clears throat> behind him wearing all denim. So he was the grave digger. And then Ringo in the back. Like the monster he, truck car? Nice. Sorry, <laughs> and the Ringo in the back who would be, uh, I guess, the priest. The one that the they priest. forgot about. They're like, fuck, yeah. dude. But like, so it, starts, it starts there, and then there's a, the rabbit hole continues. But it's, everyone was like, look at the album art. He's dead. And they're like, It's okay. always the ones. I don't know if this was for Paul McCartney or not, but it's always the ones where they do the side-by-side photos, and they do like the, all the fucking lines of symmetry, and they do the weird stuff to like line up the old picture's face with like the current picture's face you're like see how these cheekbones are slightly raised and this and that and it's like no it's called fucking plastic surgery is worth like 800 million dollars it's called your face droops and you lose bone density i don't know what to tell you yeah he doesn't he probably didn't even get plastic surgery he's too rock and roll for that but i'm just i'm just saying that he probably just his face drooped he takes dumps and he wipes his arse with like the Ten Commandments, probably, dude. He's tight, 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 tight. You know he how absurd? Arse. No, let's listen. You know how absurd you sound. Do you know what you said? That's so arse. absurd. He doesn't wipe his own ass. You look like an idiot right now. Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. That's no dunk on number three. Just keep. You know what? Just keep a track at home. Just think, remember Tom Brady, the Super Bowl, 20 to 3? They kept dunking on him with touchdowns, and look how that happened. So just think. Oh, no one knows. No one, no, one, no one cares. Minor setback, no major comeback. No one cares about Patriots. <laughs> Anyways, so that was the Foo Fighters. It was a great show. Went, got home at like 1 in the morning, slept Jeez. on the couch because uh, I thought I was going to stay up for a little bit, and I didn't want to disturb my girlfriend, so I slept on the couch. And I just fell asleep, and I woke up at oh, five and thirty. Almost slept on the couch, so like she got mad at you, and you're like, "Oh, I was so I was so tired." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I did. I do not get kicked out of my. That's bed. like the ultimate thing of denial, guys. No, she wasn't mad at me. I just put myself on the couch. <laughs> That's right. But I left the light on because a big f you. There you go. <laughs> um, and then I woke up at five thirty to feed the dogs, and then I I started my day. Let's get Octoberfest rolling. <laughs> And I kept that energy up the whole time. You know you it. You did. You did. Hey, credit to you, man. Yeah, it was 
it was like the biggest event that I've been to probably since COVID and no one can fact check me. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's, it's, I'm not used to like going out to those things anymore, obviously. So just like sensory overload, just on a billion. I just like came out of there. I was just like, holy shit. I was just like, I saw everyone at the same time. So great. All worth it though. So I think we've brown nosed two roads enough. Uh, well, we've hit our quota have, for this episode. So, do you have anything else to add, or shall we move no. on and let people enjoy our interview today? Yeah, I say let's not muddle this anymore. Um, we had on Ken Tuccio again for uh, this next episode, this most recent episode. God, not this next episode, but he was our next interview because BTE Slam is going to be happening at the end of this month, September 30th, at Tribus. Ken will talk about it more in the interview itself, but very top level, they're taking a wrestling rink and they're putting it in Tribus. And they have, I'm not even gonna say who's gonna be there. I'll let that be for the interview. It's gonna be crazy. We're actually gonna be there. It's gonna be nuts. That's a little teaser for you. Yeah, that's it. Enjoy the show, everybody. And in the words of a wise man, race hell, praise Dale, even though Jeff hates when I say that. I don't hate it. Mm, Thank you do. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. (laughs) And we are back. We are joined here again with recurring guest. If you're listening, you've probably been to his trivia shows at breweries all around Connecticut and even into New York. Wineries, bars, breweries, and all of that. We're pleased to bring on again Ken Tuccio, the head of Best Trivia Ever. Ken, it's been a while since we talked. How are you? I'm, yes, welcome. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Peachy. I, well, took that. That was, I was just going to say good, but yours is a way better job. All right, so, so I, I, I love I, how I, being, a, I love how I'm a recurring guest two times on the show. That's great. Like, I, I was just about to say, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I'm pretty sure you're our first recurring guest. Am I really? Like our first, not, second. I'm M didn't do this show twice. No, he had it was one episode. It was one episode. We split it into because he wouldn't stop talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like three hours, and I was gonna put it as one. And Tom's like, "You should probably split this up." And I was like, "Yeah, that's honestly not a bad idea." Gave but me I'm way less sure, work to do. Pretty sure you're our first. The universe, Ken, so. the universe does not need a Lord of the Rings sized episode of Tom M. So you know, I, think, I think you did the universe a favor. But I love Tom, and that's why. <laughs> oh yeah, I I love Tom. A, a ton and uh, we're actually going to have him on like relatively soon again just because we were going to talk about the uh 12 thing for closer to free the thing that was this past weekend um and i was like i also just want to like talk to him for two hours and just be like hey what's up because i feel like whenever i talk to him it's just like quickly and passing ironically enough at like a place or whatever so just i love i love picking his brain just about random stuff and getting him mad at me <laughs> Two favorite things, just finding things to irk him. So If I can get fired by him at least once, then I will consider it a victory. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have like our own DM with him. And I mean, we will mess something up or misspeak on something and we just get fired. Now I'm just doing it out of spite. I'm just trying to find things wrong, <laughs> say it as truth, and then just have him say you're fired. So shout out to Tom M. <laughs> so, so Ken, last time we chatted, it was... Uh, like right at right in the pandemic like right in the thick of it right i believe i believe so i, I want to say and, we, i don't even know if we were running live shows the last time we talked we might have just been only running virtual at that point it was it was like in right. the, it was in the thick of shutdowns yeah. like we were entrenched 
down. There was nothing going yeah. on, but things are a little different now. I mean, people are, there's still, you know, stuff is still with regulations and, and whatnot, but things are a little bit more open. So I wanted you to talk about how um, best trivia ever has adjusted, how they pulled through the pandemic and how, what you guys are doing now um, on the flip side. I mean, we're, now that things are a little bit more, open. we're stronger now than we were uh, pre pandemic, which, is, yeah. which is wild um, and crazy. So we're going to be, we are, we are, uh, scheduled right now to be running around 70 to 75 shows every week by the end of September uh, across Damn. across Connecticut and New York, which is great. And that's not even counting like monthly shows, private events, uh, all the other wild random stuff. But I mean, listen, we had a we had a plan when everything shut down. Like, I think that's what you need to mm-hmm. do. You get, I mean, you had to look at it like from a from a business perspective. And this was a business challenge, like an immense business challenge, but it was a challenge. So what we had to do is we had to kind of put a plan in place and we did that and we stuck to it. And what that plan was, was we're going to bank on making money on the back end. So we did a lot of investment when everything was shut down. When everybody was kind of pinching Mm -hmm. pennies, we spent, you know, we spent money on advertising. We spent money on, you know, different types of promotion, different types of marketing. We spent money to try to get our name out there. We hired on managerial staff to managerial staff and sales staff to start hitting the road and spreading the word about BTE, knowing full well that, you know, people aren't going to sign on right away because I mean, when we first started having people hit the road, the bars weren't even fully open yet. Like plexiglass was still up. It was 25% capacity. Um, but you know, my thought was, and it ended up working out. My thought was if we get in front of enough people and we get, and we garner enough brand awareness and people are able to see, Hey, this best trivia ever company is doing things, you know, whether it was virtual shows, like virtual shows that we were running every week or special virtual shows with like Adam Richmond hosting them, like doing, yeah, doing things like that, investing in, investing in ourselves in the end, it would come back to us. Um, and it did, we we're very fortunate, knock on wood. It worked out rather, rather well, where when people started reopening and people wanted to start spending money, they knew who we were and they knew that we were doing things. So we were able to hit the ground running. Um, and we're very fortunate. It worked out. How confident were you in, in, in this, in the whole run? Like, did you feel a little bit of that risk when you were, you said everyone else was pinching pennies and you spent some money. Did you feel that risk or did, were you like, no, no, this is, this is definitely going to pay off. And it it really depends on the day, to be honest. I mean, like, I mean, I'm an emotional human being. Anybody who knows me knows that. Um, so there were days where I was completely downtrodden and I'm like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket. And I'm going to be, you know, selling iPhones at the Apple store in two years. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, there were other times where I would wake up and I'd get really inspired. Like I'm someone who yeah. I do a lot of reading and most of the stuff I read are kind of like autobiographies or, you know, memoirs or, you know, stories about other entrepreneurs or very, you know, people who are very interesting to me. You know, so I would read, you know, I would read stories about, you know, some of these people who went through tough times and then it would inspire me. And I'd be like, no, fuck it. We're going to drive through. Um, You know, I think anyone who tells you that the entire time they had this, this undying faith that everything was going to work out well is lying to you. That's not the way it works. You know, it's peaks and valleys, it's ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. Um, I absolutely went through those emotions. Um, But, you know, it's kind of like the way, the way I've compared it to people is I said, it's kind of like losing weight. You know, you have no faith that it's going to work. And then all of a sudden you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I dropped a little bit. And then you start gaining a little more confidence and you drop a little bit more. So when we first started seeing like an ROI on, you know, the money that we were throwing out and the time and energy we were putting in, we started seeing new clients start coming on because, you know, and they were telling us they're coming on because they saw what we were doing. That's when I started saying, okay, we're on the right track. And, you know, Mm -hmm. then we just kept on 
and I'm trudging forward, you know, while a lot of other people in our industry, and when I say our industry, I mean the trivia industry, kind of just like sat back and wanted things to come to them. I was like, no, we're going to invest and be aggressive. And it ended up working out. Yeah, what are some of those I, memoirs? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. What are some good ones that I've read recently? I'm going to look over here. I got a freaking a bunch of my, on my, uh, in your, in your audio biography library over there. Oh, so I get, I get inspired by so many ridiculous people. There's one that I was actually just reading. I get inspired by Tyler every day. Don't, don't pander to me. I'm not giving you that. One that I'm, this is one I just recently finished. Master, Master of the Game. Master of the Game. It is uh, all about Steve Ross. Steve Ross, you know, he was the head of Warner. And, oh, but, he, oh. but he started off as like, he started off as an undertaker owning a funeral home. And somehow like, and through like just different business ventures and trying different things out, he ended up like moving into becoming the head of Warner and one of the most powerful guys in the entertainment industry. Like that's the short term way of looking at it. But I love, yes. but honestly, I love stories about people who like, I love broken people and I love people who struggle. That's what I like. I like, okay. I don't like those. That's human. Yeah, no, like I love like, like my, my, one of my idols is Anthony Bourdain. Because you look at Anthony Bourdain and Anthony Bourdain in his early 40s was snorting cocaine off of his rug in the middle of New York. And, you know, by 44, he had a best-selling book and he completely turned his life around and became like an extremely inspirational person, you know? So, oh yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, a, I'm a very, I like looking at what other people have gone through and kind of using that as a comparison, you know, but I'm, I'm not someone who reads a lot of fiction. Most of the stuff I read are, read are like true stories and like mm -hmm. shape or form. I'm very much the same way. I looked at like the books that I have, which is like very few. I, I don't. I wouldn't call myself like a bookworm. I'm currently reading David Goggins' book, um, the like crazy motivational speaker who's done like the Navy SEALs and all the crazy, um, like rounds throughout the military. He's an absolute nut, but just like same kind of story. And then on the other side, I read Gucci Mane's autobiography, <laughs> which is. Like very, and I tell people that, and I'm like, this is actually like very interesting, and it's similar to like a guy who is just selling drugs on the corner with all of his friends since high school, getting in and out of jail and struggling, <clears throat> trying to rap, and then kind of hitting it big in 2009, 2010, and then going to jail again, only to like come out and actually do something worthwhile with his life and have like a really good continuation of his career in addition to dropping 70 pounds and the conspiracy theory that it's actually not him and he died kind of like a paul <laughs> mccartney sort of like body double thing which you know that you can go down that rabbit hole which i have but yeah i i like reading about that too is my main point um it, it is very inspirational to show people it's like it doesn't matter where you come from or what sort of situation you're in right now it's always like how you get out of it it's like these those people that are in those situations who want to succeed ultimately will succeed in one way. And I think something like COVID like that has expedited that process of either attaining success or fall or giving up and just like falling by the wayside. And I just from a business owner's perspective, it, it was, you know, I can't imagine how tough it was when you're interacting with people and your industry is based around people and, you know, entertaining people in a time that it's very stressful. Yeah. Um, a social event when no one it was a, it was a it was the it was a russian doll of a situation for me where it was kind of like and i don't mean i don't mean like the the killer natasha leone show i'm talking about like an actual no <laughs> no yes we, we, but there's there's a doll inside yeah i mean like the world. like the restaurant <laughs> the restaurant industry shut down and the entertainment industry shut down and i own a company who runs entertainment shows within the restaurant industry 
So <laughs> it's in your name. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. literally like the, it was literally the worst thing that could ever happen. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I think that coming out of this, the people who came out of this stronger are the ones who were creative, uh, the ones who were creative mm-hmm. and the ones who were organized. And I think the ones that struggled coming out of it were the ones who, you know, thought that you can continue making an omelet with the same ingredients when you really couldn't. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, listen, we're, we're very, we're very fortunate. We're very lucky. And also it gave me a lot of perspective now. Like I, you know, I look at business challenges now and I'm like, well, fuck, you know, fuck the easy stuff. I mean, I, I can curse on this, right? It's not a problem. Yeah. Oh uh, yes. Absolutely. Fuck. But I'm like, fuck shit. I, I'm like, I'm like, fuck the easy stuff. I mean, it's, it's fine. Like I'm, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I literally went through a situation where I was told I cannot run my business anymore. And that's probably the worst thing that's ever going to happen here. And now, you know, we're, we're doing great and we're continuing to move forward and onward and upward. And, you know, I don't know, whatever other buzz light your phrases you want to go through. <laughs> uh, do you feel that you're on the opposite end of that now that like that hard, difficult time where you had to do a lot of creative thought, you know, creative uh, planning is kind of past where you're like, okay, we can, we don't have this looming over us. We can just move forward and we can push the business without that looming overhead. Like the COVID. I think I'm in the most challenging portion of the business that I have ever been in. And that is right now, Yeah, right now. Um, And that's because we have momentum and the toughest thing for anyone to do in any form of, any form of entertainment, any form of business, whatever it is, is to maintain momentum. You know, momentum is yep. momentum. If you know how to do it, momentum is a very easy thing to build, but maintaining that momentum is a very tough thing to do. That's why so many musicians change their aesthetics. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. why, that's why Billie Eilish went from, you know, from green roots to like, you know, she became like a blonde haired vixen, you know, it's because they're yeah. trying- the, the tone of her album covers changed dramatically from one album to another. But huh? I mean, that's because they're constantly looking for ways to reinvent themselves to kind of keep things fresh and continue moving forward like we we like i said we invested a lot during covid and we ended up building a lot of momentum and we kind of built a lot of speed and we're currently still running at a pretty fast pace but now what i always think about is i think like how can we maintain that i'm always running as if someone's chasing me um you know even if the people behind me have kind of just stopped and are doing a slow gallop you know so my goal right now is how can we continue to maintain that momentum and it's trying to come up with creative things that we can do to maintain people's interest you know i don't want to you know you know i use you know you know i use as a really good example is that you ever watch the show in practical jokers yes yes. okay i mean you can only do the same thing so many times like i think in practical jokers is a really funny show but you know it's literally on all the time on true tv like you know the the running joke in our house is well there's nothing on okay well let's turn on channel 52 and practical jokers is on and you know we and, and it's always on but the problem with that is like you can you can only watch like Sal and Q and Joe do something stupid so many times before you get bored with it. So now the challenge that I face is like, how are we going to do interesting, unique things that are going to garner people's attention and let people know that, hey, best trivia ever is moving forward. And like, you know, we have that wrestling event that we're going to talk about. We have like this Friday. I mean, yes. we're, we're recording this on the Tuesday before a Friday, but this Friday we're uh, we have best trivia ever night at Dunkin Donuts Park with Hartford Yard Goat. Oh yeah, that's right. So like we're that's cool. constantly trying to think of ways that we can, you know, that we can build momentum. I want people to follow our feed, follow Best Trivia Ever, and constantly see that we're doing things that are unique and interesting. Like when we launched Brooklyn, we got so much feedback from people who are like, "You're launching Brooklyn," and you know when we when we opened up an office in Brooklyn and we hired a territory manager out there and we started to expand to that area, it opened people's eyes up and. You know, the best trivia ever night at Dunkin' Donuts Park did the same thing. The wrestling event did the same thing. We try to do unique things that 
you know, continue to keep us on the tip of people's tongue. You know, you, you can only play the so, same song so many times. Exactly. Absolutely. So let's not, let's not beat around the bush because I'm sure people who, who are listening, who haven't heard about this event yet are probably wondering wrestling event. What the fuck? So you, you have an <laughs> event coming up, uh, BTE slam. Um, would you like to describe that to people listening and what that's about? And please, when Tyler described it to me just real quick, I, I thought this was one of the greatest ideas I've ever heard for trivia. So go ahead. The floor is yours. What is BTE slam? So if we go, if we go into the deep dive of it, um, it's, it, it's a vanity project in a lot of ways. Um, you know, so one of my like literal life goals is to run a wrestling show. That was something I've wanted to do since I was a little kid. You know, to run a to run a pro wrestling show, you know, with with actual professional wrestlers that people know, be able to put together the matches and kind of put together that night. That is a that is a dream of mine. That's something I've wanted to do forever. Um, and we were actually set to do it before COVID. Um, we had BTE Slam was set up, and it was going to be running. I forget the actual date off the top of my head, but it was. Uh, we were the the Monday that everything got shut down. The show was supposed to run that Thursday. Um, so we got that, we got that close. Like we had flights booked, we had everything ready to go. And then COVID shut us down. And that was a very tough thing for me because that was, it wasn't just like an event for BTE. It was something that's kind of, it's legitimately a bucket list item for me. Like it's something I want to get Mm -hmm. done. Um, you know, and you know, the event itself is, it's a wrestling show. We're going to have six live wrestling matches. Um, and we're also going to incorporate trivia into it. Um, and if we're looking at it from a BTE perspective, one of the reasons that I wanted to do this is because it's an extremely unique event. You know, it's, we're going to have wrestling trivia involved in it, but you know, this is a free admission event with, with six live wrestling matches with professional wrestlers that are pretty fucking well-known. Like Lex Luger is going to be hosting this for us. The total. Wow. Uh, Lex Luger is our, Lex Luger is going to be our guy who's running some trivia shows for us. We have Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander is with all elite wrestling. Uh, which mm-hmm. airs on TNT every Wednesday and TNT every Friday. You know, she's a television wrestler. Dan Housen is on the show. Dan Housen is the hottest independent wrestler in the country right now. He's done Conan O'Brien's show. He's all over the place. He's a pretty well-known wow. guy. What? And then we have like other guys like Zicky Dice and Effie and the man scout, Jake Manning and Caleb Conley, all who have television exposure. They're all legitimate wrestlers. So it's not like I'm just kind of putting together a show with. No, you're not. With, not so together, good. Not, God. Listen, not that there would be anything wrong with it. It's not putting together a show with a bunch of trainees who you've never seen before. You know, it's actual wrestling. Mall wrestling. Yeah, it's actually, Is that, that still a thing? <laughs> it's legitimate wrestlers that it's legitimate names, legitimate wrestlers who, you know, who people pay really good money to see. And I love the idea of like, fuck it. We're going to give you these guys for free in the middle of Tribus. Um, And we're going to incorporate trivia into it because it's a BTE event. And, you know, from a business perspective, I look at this two different ways. Number one, it's a massive marketing expense for us. You know, that's what Mm -hmm. I'm, that's what I'm investing in right now. Um, You know, you guys, I'm, I'm not sure how big wrestling fans you guys are, but you guys know about this event. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people who had no idea what best trivia ever was know about this event. Like I have no idea what kind of crowd we're going to draw, but I'm in, I'm hoping that it's going to be a fucking shit show. And I'm hoping that 80% of that audience had never been to a BTE show before and had no idea what we were. Um, And I also hope that, you know, when people start seeing the noise that we're going to be making on social media the week before the week after, and especially during the event, I hope that it just opens a lot of eyes. I want this to kind of be a massive shit show where everyone's talking about best trivia ever because if 
I want them to think if best trivia ever can run this sort of ridiculous wrestling event inside Tribus, Jesus, what can they do inside of my brewery? What can they do inside of my bar? You know, True. Um, you know, so that's really cool for me from a marketing perspective. But then also, too, I love the idea that we're such a diverse company. You know, we're a company that like ran a RuPaul's Drag Race trivia night and, you know, and you know, oh, did, awesome. and did and did special stuff during Pride Month and did special stuff during Black History Month. And, you know, now we're running a wrestling show. And when I talk about like things, just like talk about maintaining momentum, you know, that's what this is. It's kind of it's something completely different that everyone's going to be talking about, whether you are a wrestling fan or not, you're going to know this is going on. You're going to be talking about it. And, you know, I know a lot of people who aren't even wrestling fans who are like, I'm coming just because I want to know how the fuck you're pulling this off. Which that, That's me. Yeah. That's 100% like where my <laughs> mind's at, right? I, yeah. I'm not like, I like, I'll watch WrestleMania with like friends on occasion. I'm not like, I'm very much a fair weather fan of wrestling. I'm just curious how this is, actually going to be executed because this right this is so big it's so grandiose where you're putting a wrestling rink in uh the middle of a brewery yeah and, and it's just not a large brewery no it's not <laughs> and i i am so excited for this uh my my one question not to get too enthusiastic and uh, go nuts but do you know like if it's going to be wrestling did you have any say in how the matches would go? Like, did you oh, yeah, get I'm, any I'm, sort of like... I'm, I'm booking the matches. So the way, so we can go behind the scenes if you want. Yeah, the... Yeah. So, um, you know... There's no spoilers. No, there's no spoilers. No spoilers. Like, you, know, I, <laughs> you know, one of my... My background, I, I worked in professional wrestling. So I'm not sure if we ever talked about that. But I, know, I, spent, I spent a good number of years working in professional wrestling on the merchandise side. So because of that, I made a lot of friends in the professional wrestling industry. Um, some are people that you would probably know by name and other people are just, you know, really good independent wrestlers. Um, so one of my, one of my really good friends, like a guy who was at my bachelor party is a guy named Jake Fuhrbach who wrestles as man scout, Jake Manning. Um, and, you know, I reached out to him and I basically hired Jake to be the point man. So Jake is, you know, I'm a big believer in don't pretend, you know, everything. I don't know how to run a wrestling show. I'm not going to pretend I do. Um, but Jake does. So hire the people who Jake do. knows exactly how to do it. So basically I can't, Jake and I started booking this out around April or May. Like we started having conversations about making this thing work. And I would go to Jake and I gave Jake, legitimately gave Jake, here's my, here's my budget. And here is a dream list of wrestlers that I'd want. And we started kind of checking people off the list and figuring out who we can get in there and the logistics of getting them in there. Like, you know, there's so much that goes into it, like booking flights and making sure you're booking flights at certain times and making sure those flights all come in like, within a certain time frame, so that you can get a bus, so you can get a van that brings all the wrestlers from the airport to the show and you're not paying for multiple travel kinds of things. Jake knows all that stuff. I don't. So, sure. you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm helping, I, I'm helping Jake from like giving him an ideas perspective. Like I'm telling Jake what I want and you know, I'm telling Jake, these are the wrestlers I want and here's who I ideally would like to see face each other, you know, which is mm -hmm. a really cool thing to do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent there, but yeah, I mean, like I'm, I have, I'm not going to have any say about what goes on in the ring. Like I'm not going to tell them how to run their match, but you know, it's professional wrestling. I mean, everyone knows what it is at this point. So, you know, we're going to put together the best show that we possibly can with these guys. But like, like you said, it's going to be in the middle of Tribus. Tribus is not a big brewery. And to me, that's, yeah. that's the reason I wanted to do it. There is my, I want this to feel like a mosh pit. That's what we're going for. Like we're removing all of the tables from Tribus, like all the, all the high tops and everything that are in there, it's gone. 
Um, we're not going to have any, we're not going to have any seats and we're not going to have any barricades to the ring. Like the wrestler, the fans are going to be right up against the ring while this is happening. Uh, people are going to be shoulder to shoulder. People are going to be like, it's going to be a tight knit show. Wrestlers are going to be coming out of the back of Tribus and we're going to have them entering through the ring. They're going to be going right through the crowd. And I want this to be unlike any event that you could pop that you've ever been to. I want it to just kind of like stand out you know, from, for my own personal reasons. Like I want it because it's something I wanted to do forever, but I also want it to be something that stands out because then everyone and their mothers and be fucking talking about it. Would you film this? Um, we're, we're going to have some, we're going to have video content. Um, I feel like it's too special to just not. See, that's, the, but that's the reason I don't <laughs> want to film it, you know, because right, I, okay. I, I like the idea of stories being passed around, you know, okay. I, you know, I, well, at least just for you. So you can keep it in a VHS under your chair. No, listen, this is going to be there's going to be videos that get shot. Obviously we're going to have video content while it's there, but like we were given the opportunity to potentially live stream it. Um, and I said no. Um, and that's because I want this to be a live experience. You know, like my favorite, my favorite live music experiences of all times are ones that never got filmed that I explained to people and they'll never get the chance to see. So I want that to be this kind of experience. I want people who are wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans to be telling stories about like, I went to this fucking ridiculous show that, happened to Tribus and wrestlers were coming out right next to me and they were fighting through the crowd and they were in the ring and it was this weird wild thing you know it's 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 exciting I mean I'm gonna probably be like very nervous the week leading up to it like I'll probably oh, be like an extremely nervous wreck but you know I'm pumped about it like it's it's gonna be something special oh what is for we're gonna say it a couple of times through the episode but what is the date what is the September, uh, September 30th uh, it's called BTE Slam. It is September 30th at Tribus, uh, Tribus Beer Co. in Milford. It is, uh, the doors open at 530. Uh, the bell time is 730. So during that two hour period, we're gonna have a little meet and greet thing where you can come in and meet all the wrestlers. Admission is totally free. Like I tried thinking like 15 year old Ken Tuccio, what would he want? He'd want a free wrestling show, you know, in his backyard. And, True. you know, that's kind of what we're going for at this point. Like, you know, come in and watch the show and have a good time. All right, Ken. So, who's your guy? Who who who's who the wrestler that was like, when you saw them, you were like, "That's it. This I'm I'm a fan forever." Like a fan for wrestling, or someone I wanted on this show. Wrestling. Oh, wrestling. Shawn Michaels is yeah. my favorite wrestler of all time. Fantastic. Shawn Michaels is my all-time favorite wrestler. Uh, you know, I if we if we had a son, I was going to convince my wife to name him Shawn Michael Tuccia. <laughs> yeah, Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. You could do that. You could do that with a girl. You could have Shawn is a girl name. It kind of goes. Shawn <laughs> is a Sean Mich- Michelle. Sean Michelle. Shawn <laughs> Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. But I have so many that I like. I mean, like Shawn Michaels is one, is my favorite wrestler. The franchise Shane Douglas is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's an ECW guy. Um, Jeff Jarrett was one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. Like, I mean, I, it really depends on what I'm in the mood for. Like, I, you know, I, some guys I love that are like old school guys, like, like Barry Windham. And then there's other guys who are new school guys that I just love watching. Like, Art- who's, who's some of your new school people who's out there right now? That's exciting. Darby Allen is one of my favorite guys right now. Darby Allen's this awesome, you know, he's with AEW and he's kind of like a list taking wrestler. I love Darby Allen. Uh, Hangman Adam Page is a guy. Hangman Adam Page is a guy who I met when he was like a rookie, and now he's like one of the top guys in AEW. Um, those yeah. are guys I like watching. But I mean, you know, I've been watching it my entire life, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to do this show. It was just something that, like, you know, to me, like, I'm looking at this from like sixth grade Ken perspective. Like when I was in the sixth grade, I was going into class wearing a Lex Luger T-shirt. Like, you know, walking into wow. class with a Lex Luger T-shirt on, like 
making sure I was watching Monday Night Raw and watching WWE Challenge and Superstars because Lex Luger was going to be on it, like red, white, and blue, all-American Lex Luger. And now I'm texting with him and we're flying yeah. him into Milford and he's doing our show. And that's one of those things I'm trying to like maintain perspective on. It's you know, sure. like, it's a cool as shit thing, you know, to kind of be able to, to make it happen. I, think, I'm a big AJ Styles. AJ Styles. I think oh, he loves AJ Styles. But you, you know, you know what I was really excited about. I loved Lucha Underground. I thought that show was the shit. I would watch it on YouTube. And my favorite wrestler in that. You ever watched the Lucha Underground? I actually have never watched. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I've never. Watched okay. Lucha it, well, I just liked it because they they were a lot less safe than the WWE tends to be. Because they're <laughs> that's bigger. why you liked it. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> the danger. Yeah, there's the danger. But my favorite wrestler in that was Prince Puma, who ended up to, he he moved to the WWE. He's Ricochet, yep. and uh, I thought he was such a badass. I was like, one day he's gonna he's gonna make it, and he did. And now he's not a major badass. He's he could kick all whatever. You know what? Don't I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna go <laughs> off on a rant. <laughs> my my question is, do you, with wrestling, do you think Vince McMahon knows about oh, this? God. He, not I a, bet you he got, a, he's got a, work. Not a fucking chance. Wait, wait, let's revise that question. Do you think he knows anything? I mean, listen, you ever want to do some really good reading, like Google Vince McMahon stories? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He's one of the most eccentric individuals you'll ever come across in your life. What are your thoughts on him? He's kind of controversial. uh, As he gets older, you know, he's, he's the epitome to me of the of the classic, uh, the classic line from the dark Knight, where it's like, you either die a hero or you stay alive long enough to become the villain. Like yeah, if, that's if Vince McMahon passed away in 1998 or 1999, everybody would like revere him as like this amazing genius who, you know, put wrestling on the map and like could do no wrong. Um, but now like the argument against Vince McMahon now is that he, you know, he's kind of out of touch and he has his idea of what professional wrestling is and professional wrestling is not what Vince McMahon thinks it is anymore. Uh, yeah. You know, and you know, I, well, what does he, what does he think it is? Vince McMahon is still about body guys. He's still about like big monsters, superheroes, larger than life. I mean, not for nothing, just turn on like in, in 20 minutes, turn on Monday night raw and you're going to see right. what his idea of professional wrestling is, which is like these larger than life over the top cartoon characters that are like superheroes popping off a screen and I believe that professional wrestling has kind of changed into more of kind of a realistic form. It's more of like an people people understand that it's scripted and people understand that the results are predetermined, but they enjoy different kinds of personalities with different body types and different backgrounds and different sizes and who speak differently and wrestle in a different way. You know, and the thing that's kind of crazy about that is like the WWF back in the day that I grew up loving didn't have everybody who was jacked up with six packs and oiled up. No, they got some guts. No, they had like they million, dollar, like million dollar man Ted DiBiase would never get a job in today's WWE. Like he just wouldn't because he wasn't a muscular guy. He was in. But what was his appeal then? He, he could talk. He was a character. He was yeah. someone who can just like, he stepped he stepped inside of a room and he knew he was somebody. You got him on a microphone and he could talk you, he could talk you into the building, you know? And, you know, yeah. but I think like everything you say about Vince McMahon now, you can't take away the fact that the man was a fucking genius. The man saw something yeah. that no one else yeah. did. He saw the opportunity to take professional wrestling and make it into a national worldwide phenomenon. And, you know, he did that. The way that was, I, I when I was, uh, I, I explained to me was that there, you know, early, early on, it was basically like feudalistic city states of wrestling enterprises throughout the country. And everybody had their territory in the country. And he kind of came in and just 
like Roman Empire took it over and made it into one giant thing. And uh, there was a ter- that in, that's pretty amazing. There was a territory system and there was this unwritten yeah. rule that like, you know, like Vince McMahon's father ran the New York territory. And then, you know, there were, you know, there were people who ran different, you know, there were people who ran Flor- Florida and people who ran Texas and people who ran different areas. And there was this unwritten rule that in professional wrestling, you don't impede on someone else's territory. Like, okay, you run New York, you run New York, but don't you come into Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania is our area. Um, and Vince McMahon basically said, why the hell are these rules? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like, so he said, okay, well, I want to do something that's national. So I'm going to take the best talent from all of these different territories and put them under one roof. And then the power of syndication happened where he was able to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, he was kind of able through syndication to build a national company because he would put them on TV and buy out the TV spots in other markets. So all these different territories had their own local TV spots. He would buy the territory, buy the TV spots and put his show on. So now whether you're in, you know, Miami, Florida, or whether you're in New York or whether you're in Los Angeles, you could watch the exact same show, which made these people superstars. And that- do you yep. think that has been a detriment though, to the WWE of being like the only, there's not really a competition to that. Yes, there is. There's oh, nothing. AD, is AD there? AEW is massive competition. I thought they owned that. That's no, why I'm saying that. Do they, they not? Okay. AEW I don't know. AEW is owned by Tony Khan, Tony Khan's father. Oh, that's fantastic. Tony Khan's father oh. is the guy who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. Excuse me. I was just about to say that. This is the this is a company. This is the first company to come around that actually has the money to compete with WWE. Maybe I'm confusing with NXT. NXT is owned by WWE. That's a WWE. AEW is completely different. And now you're finding a lot of WWE stars or former WWE stars coming into AEW because they think it's a better option for them. Probably is. That's the beauty of competition. Before we get, I'm curious because I I do want to ask more about the whole Tribus, the pitch to Tribus about this. Before we do that, I just want to take a quick break because I do want to talk about more wrestling too. We'll be right back. Has anyone told you that you currently look like Triple H? No, no. Okay, I'm I've been I've been listening to you and looking at you this entire time. And then, oh my God, you look familiar. And then I had to, I had to just Google it because I was driving me nuts. You look like Triple H, and I don't mean to say this because we're talking about wrestling this entire episode. But if Triple, I, H, if Triple H completely gave up, that's me. <laughs> no, if he tried. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I always had respect for Triple H because uh, he was, um, he was best friends with Lemmy of Motorhead, and I'm a big Motorhead fan. Um, and that was his his walk up theme is a Motorhead song, and he was one of the big people at at Lemmy's wedding. And I just have a lot of respect for him as a, one metalhead to another. But I just wanted to say that before we moved on to other topics, congratulations! You look like a now. WWE superstar, Triple H. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You got it. All right, Ty, go now, ahead. Yeah, no. Now that um, Ken's ego is fully inflated, now let's <laughs> let's ask some questions about about this event. Yeah, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, did, yeah, yeah. I'm curious, how did it go like pitching it to Tribus? Did you pick Tribus purposely? Like, how did this whole process of this like seed start? Um, and what was uh, the pitch? So we'll, we'll go back a couple of years. So the first slam that ever happened, BTE slam, was a straight up trivia event. Um, so we had started doing business with Tribus and Tribus signed on as a monthly trivia account and they were doing theme shows. So we were running everything from like the office to romantic comedy trivia to holiday movie trivia, all these kind of things. 
And the nights there were extremely successful. So, mm-hmm. you know, as my relationship with Tribus grew, they started having more faith in me and more faith in best trivia ever. And, you know, I wanted to run a professional wrestling trivia night. So I was good friends with a guy named Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is a, he was an ECW world champion. He wrestled with WWE and, you know, we, uh, I wanted to run a professional wrestling trivia night and I thought it would be really cool to do something with kind of a celebrity involved. So I said, you know, I said, I wanted to run a professional wrestling trivia night and I was going to bring in my buddy, Tommy Dreamer to host it. Um, so I talked to Tommy, Tommy agreed to do it. Tommy lives just across the border in New York. So Tommy's like, yeah, I'll drive in for it. The Tribus guys were thrilled. And initially what our thought was, was we were just going to do a normal trivia night. Like we we're going to, you know, just kind of do it the way we always do, but it'll be Tommy on the microphone. And then mm-hmm. the way my mind works is I'm like, well, you know, people are talking about Tommy Dreamer, but what can I do to make people say like, what the fuck is going on? And I used my connections that I have, my wrestling ring connections. And I'm like, how do I get a wrestling ring into the brewery? And we measured everything out. And then I went to the, to Sean from Tribus and I said, uh, Sean, how would you feel if I put a wrestling ring inside of your brewery? And I remember Sean was kind of like, I think I remember Sean was kind of like, you want to do what? And I'm like, (laughs) like, I want to put a wrestling ring in the brewery and I want to do the trivia show from the wrestling ring. And then like, you know, we'll have the speakers in the corner and it'll be a cool visual like inside the wrestling ring. And it took a little convincing. Uh, and I believe Sean, I was told by a couple of people that Sean asked questions to other people about me because we still weren't like super tight yet. Um, and then they were all like, yeah, you should let Ken try that. And we tried it um, and we got the wrestling ring in there and it was the most cool visual you could ever do. Like the wrestling ring was against the back wall at Tribus. I believe like last time we talked, you mentioned you saw the photos and stuff from it. Yeah, I did. But, yep, like, I remember that the wrestling ring was in the back thing at Tribus. We never said to people that we were going to have a wrestling ring in. So people were walking in for what they thought was a wrestling trivia night. And there was a full-fledged wrestling ring. Then we brought Tommy in and we packed the place. It was probably one of the busiest nights Tribus had ever had up to that point. Um, And then my head started spinning and I'm like, Oh, Hey, we can fit a wrestling ring in here. Um, And then like around six or seven months later, I went to them and I said, listen, here's what I want to do. I want to run a wrestling show. And I want to incorporate trivia into it. Like I, my, what this show is going to be was what the initial idea was, was let's do wrestling matches. But then, you know, a couple times in between, we'll do trivia games. We'll do fun things, things that are a little different. And like people could test their wrestling knowledge, but it's more of a show, more of a spectacle. Um, and that took a little bit more convincing, like convincing them like, hey, like the guy who I'm bringing in, my buddy, Jake, who we talked about, um, like he's a professional, he's done this a million times. Like he knows how to run these events. Like, I'm not going to get myself underwater with this. I know how to, I know how to make this work. And they had the faith in it. And we announced it two months out. Um, and like we talked about earlier, like it just ended up being a situation where COVID hit and we just, you know, we had everything announced. We had, uh, Matt Stryker, who was a former WWE guy was on the show. Chris Statlander, who was actually on this show was also on that one. Um, and we had everything booked out. We had you know, a lot of things ready to go. And then COVID hit and we weren't able to do it. Um, But, you know, it it was one of those things that was kind of always, it was on the back burner for me. I'm like, man, I, this has to happen. Um, And, you know, we, I've done, we've done enough business with BTE through Tribus now where they have, I believe, I'm sure they might say the same thing. They have kind of faith in what we do. So I Mm -hmm. think they believe that we can make this work. Um, But it's, you know, I tell everybody, this is going to be the scary one. Like the scary one is the first one mm-hmm. because we've never done it before. Like, I don't know what we're going to run into. I'm sure we're going to make a million mistakes and, you know, hopefully learn from them. But 
you know, when we run this again next year and the year following, it's going to be old hat at this point. But, you know, but yeah, I mean, it all started just by doing a regular wrestling trivia night. That was the germ of the idea. And then me realizing I could put a wrestling ring inside Tribus. Okay, well, if I could put a wrestling ring in there, there's no reason we can't have wrestling. So where does one, I'm asking for a friend, for a friend, where does one acquire a wrestling ring? You got to know like different people who run wrestling shows. Hmm. You know, you can technically go online and buy one. They run around seven to ten thousand dollars around that range. What are uh, the dimensions of one? So they and go. Could 16, I fit it in my bedroom? They, they go sixteen by sixteen, eighteen by eighteen, or twenty by twenty. Um, so Tribus, based on our members, based on our measurements, was able to fit a twenty by twenty ring. So you know, we were able to fit that into Tribus. Um, but you have to know people. Like there are so many independent wrestling promoters out there who run shows across this across the Northeast. You know that you know they rent these rings out. That's how they make their money back on. So you, know, you find the right guy. He's willing to bring the ring in. They bring in a crew that sets it up. A lot of times, the crew are people who are also going to wrestle on the show. You know, because they're young wrestlers in training, and that's you know, it's it's like anything else in life. It's kind of like how do you, you know, how do you find a connection for a beer fest that you can't get into? It's you know somebody. I'm going to ask a question. I think a lot of, uh, I think people listening would are probably yelling at us for it to not to ask. And that is how do you incorporate trivia into wrestling? Like, oh, I don't know. Uh, what, what, okay. <laughs> I was just curious. I was like, I don't know what that looks like. Like mid break. If you get this question wrong, I'm putting you through a table. So what my, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. You wonder what my idea is like my, when I envision this, I envision this sort of like an award show. Like okay. if you ever watch the, if you ever watch the MTV VMAs or anything like that, yeah. like you have, you know, you'll have like, um, I forget who's fucking hosting the VMAs. If like Miley Cyrus is hosting the VMAs arbitrarily, you know, like Miley Cyrus will do her monologue and then Miley Cyrus will throw it to a musician and then they'll throw it to the presenter who's going to announce the next award. So I'm kind of looking at it like this, where we're going to have a wrestling match and it's going to be a wrestling match. And then you know, we might have an interview with a wrestler, but then we're going to have a trivia contest and it's not going to be a full fledged BTE game. Like I'll make that pretty clear. Like it's not going to be five rounds, 10 questions, you know, that's not going to happen. It's going to be kind of like quick hit games where people can have a little fun in between. Um, but the way I'm looking at it is kind of like you make it like a one flow of a show where like, mm. it's just another segment that happens. Like we're going to do a wrestling, uh, we're going to do a wrestling match and then we're going to move into you know, five questions about this and here's how you submit your answers and here's how you win, you know? And then we go right into the next match or whatever it is. You kind of, I want this to be kind of like a, a seamless show, if that makes any sense. That makes Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, did you have a short list as far as breweries that you wanted to work with? I know tribe, you brought this to Tribus early on, obviously, but were you dead set on them or were there other options and Tribus like kind of came to the front as like the people to do this. I have never talked to any other brewery about running this. Um, ah. You know, in the, event, <laughs> in the event this works out, you know, we, maybe we'll try doing other ones in other places. Um, but mm-hmm. like, try, listen, I, I like being good to people who are good to us. And mm-hmm. Tribus has always been a massive supporter of ours. You know, they brought us in as, or as soon as they could after the COVID hit. You know, they've had complete faith in us and they let BTE be BTE. Like you have no idea how many breweries and restaurants we run into who want to take control of the questions or want to take control of the, you know, the style of the show. We've had people who have said like, well, we can't hang those posters up. Those posters are pink. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, well, tough. Then don't hire us. Um, But the posters are pink. No, don't even get me started. But like, but (laughs) Tribus is always let BTE be BTE and let us do our thing. So like, 
I was, I, there was no doubt in my mind, like they were the ones I wanted to bring it to and give them first rider mm. refusal on it again when we were going to start running it again. There was no doubt, doubt in my mind we're going to do that. I don't want pink yeah. on my walls. It's a girly color. That, uh, that's yeah, Listen, we could do an entire other podcast about like, <laughs> about the most ridiculous complaints I've gotten from bars, restaurants, and breweries. But we're in a fortunate position now where quite frankly, uh, the line I always give is like, it, you don't hire the Rolling Stones and tell them that you want them to play Hendrix. The Rolling Stones play the Stones. <laughs> So like oh, well, give stones. besides the pink posters, give us one other one. We don't have to go into it. Just give us one other one. Yeah, I'm actually hungry. Oh, Jesus. Um because <laughs> the, that's like the ceiling. Like, I don't know what else Blazes could have. The, the like pink, it's just pink, well, the pink posters just happened multiple times. That's not that's not a one-time thing. That's happened multiple times with multiple places. Um so we've weird. we have had We've had breweries that have told us um, that their audience is far too intelligent for the pop culture questions and that we really should be doing more intelligent questions. And I try to explain to them, well, that's not what we do. What we do are we're a pop culture based company. We're not going to be doing trivial pursuit style questions. And then they try to tell me that, you know, well, that's not the way you grow a business. You need to appeal to more people. And then I look at my wall at these 70 something shows are running every week. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to do our thing now. Um, you, you know, but to, like you need to appeal to more people. So stop with the pop culture questions. I here's, love it. Here's the way. I, here's the way I look at it. You know how I. You know how I said earlier, like I don't know how to run a wrestling show. Like so, I brought someone in who does. Mm-hmm. Let us run our trivia shows. Like you know, we know what we're doing, and quite frankly, I mean the the knock on wood success that we've had kind of shows that what we do works, and it brings money in for the places that we work with for our partners. So let us do our thing. Don't kind of, don't try to handcuff us. Don't try to modify it. Let us do what we do. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't tell a guitarist how to play guitar. I, I like, I, I do respect that you stuck to what you believe in there. Cause you could have, you, you very much could have just conceded and been like, all right, I guess we got to find intelligent questions, quote unquote. And, you and, to, to, be to, and to be totally fair, if this, was, if this was three years ago and we had three shows running, I probably would acquiesce a little more because we're trying to build a business. But, mm-hmm. at, but at this point, like at this point, I'm so true and loyal to what the best trivia ever brand is that, you know, I know what we are. I know what we are. I know what we do. I know the kind of questions that we ask and I know the audience that we appeal to. So, right. you know. I mean, we've, I, we went to trivia hosted by dress best trivia ever at tribus i went at least twice in the last couple months i think it was or Same. less we went to I went the a third time you went third time we went did the office one at trip tribus yep the last and one. we did um it was just a general one was it, it was the other one which i think it was just general um yes and uh the office one was packed yeah like, it was absolutely packed because well i mean that's an obvious one that is a beloved show by everybody and they um and, we're, and we're that, pretty- that's a good one for trivia because so people have watched it so many times. They're all so confident that they yeah, know everything. We're never going to, we're never going to do the office again ever. Oh no. I meant because that, that was the last time. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Is it just because it's played out at this point? It's because everyone does it and True. we like fair. to be unique. You know, I don't want to be, fair. you know, you place I mean, is packed though. Okay. Quite frankly. I, yeah. I don't care. I mean, I, I mean, look, I, I, I you know, like, I mean, not for nothing. I mean, like the, a high, like a, a good burger joint could probably make a ton of money if they like made the McDonald's style burgers, but they don't want to do that. Like, I mean, look at all you got to do is look at our competition. Like I'm not going to name our competition, but their idea of theme shows are the exact same things over and over again. Like here's Harry Potter. Here's the office. Here's, 
you know, here's Disney, here's that, here's this. Like, I want to do more unique things. Like we just ran an always sunny in Philadelphia trivia night. Like I just come up with unique and creative ideas, like something like always sunny, you know, like, you know, like slam, then continuing to do the exact same things over and over again. And also too, like, here's something people don't recognize too. Like our demo for BTE is extremely young. Like our target audience is like that 21 to 30 year old audience. And that, that office is kind of becoming out of our demo. It really right. is. How does like that make you feel, Ty? Old. <laughs> I mean, it, it's becoming a little bit out of our demo. But so it's one of those things. True. Where, like uh, when I say be true to the brand. Absolutely. Like, you know, our brand, like our brand, we're appealing to like the 21 year olds, 21 to 25 year olds right now who, when the office first came out, what were they? They were like nine, eight or nine. So and what if what is, came out what in 2003? <laughs> Say it again. So what is their thing then? Like, what are you looking at as far as like uh, appealing and changing things up and appealing to that demographic a little bit? Oh, I mean, there's, God, there's so many, there's so many different things. I mean, like, um, I mean, so like with, this is an interesting time right now, because right now with the young college generation, like the, the 21 to 26 year olds, um, you know, the, the early 2000s stuff is back in now. We're kind of in a Y2K nostalgia period. Um, you know, with like Mean Girls is very popular again. A lot of those early 2000s movies are what is in. Um, but in terms of like, you know, current stuff, I mean, you know, like one of the ones that we're holding on to and we're going to do it eventually, Shit's Creek is probably the biggest theme trivia you could do right now. And yep. we're going we're to eventually do that, but it's really just kind of figuring out the right venue and the right time for it. Um, you know, but, you know, the, the stuff that they're into, like Riverdale is a massive show. Um, you know, you look at like, you know, so many different shows on Netflix that you can, that you Outer can, Banks, Outer Banks, you know, like we did a Bridgerton trivia night, which fucking, <laughs> um, you know, so there's I actually watched that show and I'm so embarrassed to say that on the air, you know, it's, <laughs> but here's the, here's the way I look at it is like, you know, look at our, you know, just pay attention to what's current and what people are into. Like you can kind yeah. of get an idea and we, and I, and people don't know this. I test stuff out with questions every single week. Like when I go to shows, a lot of people think that I'm just sitting there drinking, but I'm listening and I'm listening to reactions where like, I knew I wanted to do a Bridgerton trivia night because I did a couple of different Bridgerton questions and different nights and they all gained a reaction. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. So this is something that people are into. You know, we did that with Gilmore Girls. I did a Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls question of the day on our Instagram and it blew up with so many people commenting about it where I'm like, okay, so there's an audience here. That show yeah. that was revitalized by it's like they, the, uh, brought the show back so it was fresh in people's yeah. minds i'm sure yeah and no and we yeah. did um and we did like a gossip girl trivia night like gossip girl you know you got to look like you know late 2000s like 2006 to 2010 the people who are in college now that's the stuff that they kind of grew up with so the way i looked at like friends and seinfeld they look at you know something like gossip girl or you know gossip girl or sex in the city or things like that absolutely Damn. now obviously the demo is that like 21 to 30 age group i know even on like your instagram stories a lot of it is like the music is like olivia rodrigo and the kid larry like all like it's all of that like same style of that like generation that you're trying to to market to is that what you're going to keep marketing to as bte evolves or is it kind of like we'll see how it plays out year over year do you eventually want to go into like an older demo or is your goal to stay on that 21 to 30 unless something completely drastically changes we're going to stay what we do um yeah you know we're going to stay with what we do for multiple reasons number one it's it's an audience that you gotta you gotta look at like 
you have to look at the world that we're living in. And when I say the world that we're living in, I'm talking about in the BTE universe. We're we're trying to draw people into bars, restaurants, and breweries. And we're trying to get those people to come in and spend a lot of money drinking. You know, the audience that comes in and drinks is not the 35 to 50 year old audience. Like they're sure. not the ones who do that. They have kids, they have, you know, jobs. They're not the ones doing that. The ones that do that are the 21 to 30 year olds. So you always want to do things that appeal to that audience. Um, you know, so that's one of the reasons that I want to maintain that is because that's constantly going to be refreshing, you know, and the other reason is I'm actually, I, I'm a, I'm someone who's always into what the zeitgeist is talking about. Like, you know, my friends will vouch for this. Like I love new music. I love, you know, following streetwear trends and, you know, kind of following what's going on that's current in the world. Um, mm -hmm. like for me, it's actually enjoyable and fun. So for me to have a company that I can play with, you know, and make my living in where I get to kind of play in that world you know, is, is nice to me. So Ken, you'll oh, never absolutely. be the kids these days will never understand. You're never that guy. No. And I'm not going to be off that my guy. Lawn. Listen, here's, here's the fact of the matter. Like I'm not our demo, which is part of the reason I don't host shows anymore. Like you're never going to see me hosting shows anymore. Like I don't get behind the microphone. I don't host. It's not my thing. Um, I'm not the demo. People don't come to see someone my age. And also I'm realistic enough to know that youth drives culture. That's just what it is, mm -hmm. you know? And yep. the people who, you know, the people who say that like the, the kids these days don't know what they're talking about and their fashion's terrible and they're too sensitive or this, that, and the other thing, you're a fucking idiot. Like, you know, like youth drives culture. Youth drove culture when I was part of that demo and youth continues True. to drive culture today and youth always will drive culture. But those dino shoes, whatever, I think it was Fila <laughs> put them out. Those are pretty dumb. I think we can all agree. I'm, I'm in that too. I have Yeezys. I'm into streetwear. I'm trying to get into it. I think those dino shoes, I yeah, never understood dino them. Shoes. I'm Googling. They had like a, I, I just got my first order in from market. <laughs> but, oh, Yeezys or the dino shoes? No, not, no. Chinatown market, like Chinatown market turned into market. Yeah. So it's rebranded. Yep. And I just got my order in like the other day of all their, of all their new stuff, you know, Ooh. but like, Hey, listen, you don't, you're not going to like everything. There's music that comes out that I, I know. don't necessarily like, but it's kind of like, no shoes. But you, you have to kind of understand that, like, you know, that's that's what drives culture. That's what drives society. That's what that's what it does. You know, if you stop evolving, you die. Like I I always look at it. I, I look at life and this is like this is gonna be a weird thing. It might sound philosophical or it might sound really stupid. But I look at life as kind of like you're on one of those air, uh, airport treadmills, like, you know, the ones you just stand on and it just takes you. And you're on that treadmill and you start. And every time you're moving, like you're in something like, here's what's new. Here's what's fun. And for a lot of people, they get off at a certain point and they're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, 2004 was a good year. I'm done. Like, this is the music I like. And I'm going to listen to Drowning Pool until, until my ears bleed. And, <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to be what I do. And that's all they, that's all they know. And that's all they care about. Whereas I'm someone who's kind of like, well, no, what's new? What's cool? What's going on? Like, you know, like Halsey's new album. Halsey's put out her album like this past Friday and Probably it's very good. I haven't listened to it yet. It's fucking crazy. Like Donda yesterday. I'm fucking feeding my baby, listening to the new Kanye album yesterday. And, yep. you know, it, you know, and, but like, and the thing that I find fascinating is there's people who don't know that that stuff even came out. Like you mentioned to people like Donda and they're like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, how can you not accidentally know what that is? And it's like, to me, I don't want to be the person who walks into a party and people are telling stories and I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I always want to be the guy yep. who's walking in. And even if I'm not the biggest fan of it, I want to be able to at least have an understanding as to what's going on. That's so, but what, what, what makes you feel nostalgic every once in a while? Not that you go seek it, but you like, you'll accidentally come across and you go, Oh, those were good times. What, what makes you feel nostalgic? I mean, like, I mean, I grew up, I'm a nineties kid. I grew up. In right. 90s. So what, what, what's that thing for you? 
the nineties stuff for me, like gin sure. blossoms, you know, gin blossoms. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm a music guy. So for me, it's always sure. in the music. Uh, like Gin Blossoms, Counting Crows, old school Dave Matthews bands, um, mm-hmm. Goo Goo Dolls. the tie dye shirt. Like, yeah, go, I mean, Goo Goo Dolls. I have a fucking Dave tattoo. Like, Hell Dave yeah. <laughs> like, um, like Goo Goo Dolls, like, you know, like those, you know, like New Radicals, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, like that, that kind of, like music wise, that kind of old nostalgia does a lot for me. Like old school crappy movies, like the like Independence Day, Jurassic Park, those kind of mm-hmm. things. Like I understand the era I grew up in, but you you can be nostalgic and like the stuff that you grew up in while still appreciating the stuff that's good today. Like I can, it's not binary. Like I can love the old Gin Blossoms music right. and appreciate that, and also say that you know, like you know what what fucking Halsey put up on put out on Friday was out of this world. Like you know, people people far too many people are just like, no, this is what good music was, and nothing else matters. And it's like, I I've gotten to this discussion because I'm a I'm a big rock fan and all things rock, so that could be metal and punk and all of this, all things with guitar driven. And I've gotten to conversations with people older than me saying that no, all that's dead. It's dead. It stopped and they'll name a year and they'll name a year in the nineties or the eighties or the seventies. And they'll just keep going back. And they said, no, it died. Then I go, that's just because you're not looking hard enough. That one of there, our- there are so many people out there making music that you would love because they've, they've took, took that sound and they expanded on it to modernize it to this, to this time, but it still has the remnants that you would love. And it's just an evolution of it that if you just looked harder on the internet, just for 10 minutes, you'll find it in a heartbeat. And they start like muttering under their breath. And like, listen, you can keep complaining and be miserable, but why you do that? I'm going to go discover a new band that just changed my mind. Well, it changed my life forever. I look at everything kind of the way I look at wine. You know, wine is a great comparable, comparable where it's kind of like, when I first started drinking wine, I didn't, you couldn't, you could hand me a Pinot Noir and I'd be like, this is the most disgusting thing in the world. But then I really got into rosés and rosés made me realize, okay, I like sweet reds. And then sweet reds made me realize that I like Malbecs and Malbecs made me realize I wanted to try this and the other thing. You know, that's what it is. You have to find a gateway point, an entry point Mm -hmm. for people. Like, you know, like I'm huge into hyperpop nowadays. I'm not sure if you guys are into hyperpop or know what that even is, but hyperpop or band. Bands like 100 Gex. 100 Gex is the most fucking out of this world band that you've ever heard. And, you know, I like I found them and they got me really into the world of hyperpop where now I'm finding all these playlists and all these really unique artists that I really dig because I found one thing that I liked, you know, and I try to tell that to people all the time. If you're someone who if you're someone who grew up in the in the 90s, I'm sorry, if you're someone who grew up in the late 90s or early 2000s, if you're someone who grew up, let's use this as an example. This is one. If you're someone who grew up in the early 2000s and you really loved Newfound Glory and you really loved, you know, Sum 41 and Reliant K and those kind of bands, fucking you will love what Machine Gun Kelly's putting out right now. You know, and I yes. and I've never liked Machine Gun Kelly, but like you very easily will listen to that and like it because it's the same vein. And maybe when you listen to Machine Gun Kelly and you hear him do Forget Me Too with Halsey, you'll be like, well, who's that Halsey girl? And then you're going to go in and listen to her stuff. And that's going to kind of get you down that rabbit hole. Exactly. Yep. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's kind just, of finding things that kind of appeal to you. The people kind of, the people have that magic moment at some point, usually around their year, they hit puberty <laughs> because that's when you start to exp- uh, discovering things that change your life, especially in music, I find that seems to be the trend. And then that's such a magical moment for them that when it, things don't give them that moment, they go, well, that sucks. Cause it didn't, it didn't 
change my life. Well, it's hard to do that. Like it's hard for you to discover that as you get older, because things aren't going to blow your mind as often. However, things will change how you view, uh, view life, how you view music, how you view the arts, how you view any of that. And uh, it's, it's all out there and it's continuously happening with or without you. So you can go live in your little nostalgic man cave or see what's going on modern. Uh, I, th- I think that's fantastic that you're continually pushing forward with the pop culture in, in your trivia. I'm so excited to see how you really incorporate the trivia with the wrestling at this event. Like, I'm so excited yes. to see how you, are you, are you going to keep the questions I, I wrestling? Am, am themed? I'm sorry. Are you going to keep the questions wrestling? Oh, themed? absolutely. Yeah. yeah 100%. Okay. okay. Even though I'm not going to lie, it would be fucking hilarious if like these wrestling fans came in there for like a little bit of trivia and some wrestling shows. And I'm like, round one is Taylor Swift. <laughs> cooking that would be that what would be cooking fun. yeah you should i i think you gotta just throw people for a loop i mean that's that's absolutely it one let, let me say this when i'm saying it's going to stay on brand it's going to be a bte event like it's not going to be okay. like it's not going to be like we're suddenly going in there and all of a sudden you're listening to like tantric and chevelle and all this stuff from like the you know early 2000s you know, it's, not gonna, it's not going to be like we're suddenly going to do what the stereotypical wrestling thing is like it's not like we're going to be showing up and making sure that like you know we're we're acting like we're BTE is BTE like you come to a mm-hmm. BTE show you're listening to pop music and it's you know pink and black and it's you know I always I always say like I think every business has an identity that's what I think I think every business has mm-hmm. an identity and every business has a character and if I was to create a character that was best trivia ever it would be a 25 year old gender fluid human you know that is what i look at bte it's it's yeah. you know, they can they they can you know talk football with you but then they can also talk about folklore and evermore you know and be perfectly comfortable both ways and that's kind of what i look at this as is like let's have a really good time and like let's do a wrestling show but let's do a bte style bte style, i, I like that I really can't wait for it. Um, and I know, I, I don't know if you have any more questions, Jeff. I know I no, want to be mindful of your a, time. I've got a question for you guys. Ooh. Oh, do it. Yes. Love this. Do you guys, do you guys okay. want to do the first 105.6 podcast live at Slam? Yes. Oh, see? I have to, you have to say yes. And then you just figure out logistics after. That's <laughs> like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. <laughs> I thought we, it would we could be, do it. I thought, listen, we're not going to have commentary. Like, no, we're not. no, no. But I I'm not equipped be, for that, anyways. But I thought it would be really yeah. fun to have, you know, a podcast going on live streaming while it's happening, talking like kind of <laughs> a little bit of a play by play of like what you're seeing, like doing what doing what's happened at other beer fests and stuff. Like, come to the event, hang out. Like, I'll get you some wrestlers to talk to you. I'll get like some other people to talk to you, and like I'll come and talk to you. And we can kind of get a, you know, a, a very, you know, a real time idea of how this thing is, is going. And then we can kind of, you talked about like, you want to have something to look back on. That would be a cool audio thing to look Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I, oh, uh, that would be hilarious. That'd be amazing, Ken. That'd be amazing. I would actually love that. I would just want to get just in the rink while <laughs> get out of here. You ain't going in there. In the ring, just throw the microphone to them. Maybe I go through a table. Maybe that's kind of my like self-fulfilling look how, look prophecy. How you got as, the, as the person who's purchasing the insurance policy for this event, no, that ain't happening. 
no, but, no, but I, classic. I, 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 let's backtrack. I like the original ideas. I'd love to. I was just seeing how far I can go with that. That's it. I'd love I to get set it. that up with you guys because I think it would be really fun to kind of have like, yeah, I mean, it adds to the allure of the event. Like we got this thing. Yes. We got 105.6 broadcasting live. And, you know, we're doing, you know, we're doing the wrestling show and you guys can kind of just talk about like, what the fuck is this craziness? That's amazing. Yes. Ken, oh, yes. absolutely. That'd be cool. Thank you. All right. So oh my God. Offline, get me a message at some point and then we'll figure out logistics for it. Like, Perfect. let me know what you need, but we'll make it happen. 100%. Well, Ty, I, like I don't see game. how we can ever top that. So we're going to, we're going to, let's wrap. Back. No, no, that's a good, that's yeah, a good way to book in this interview. I got to go give a bath to and stuff now. So that's like, my yeah. mm, Ken, do that. thank you so much for coming on again. We're super excited for this sure, event. Thank you for Anybody me. out there, please go check out Best Trivia Ever at uh, a brewery near you and go check out BTE Slam on September 30th. Yep, September yeah. 30th. Yes, September 30th. Five, doors five, open at 5.30 and bell rings at 7.30. Yep. All right, there you go, Look guys. Thank you so right, much, guys. Ken. Thank you.